Welcome to Pagan Coffee Talk, a traditional Wiccan podcast where we will discuss topics affecting the Pagan community from a traditionalist perspective. The topics we discuss are picked from our magical hat and the discussions are unscripted. The talks will be led by Lady Keegan, second degree priestess. She's joined by Lord Chase Knight Smith, elder and high priest of third degree. Pagan Coffee Talk is brought to you by Life Temple and Seminary. Welcome to Pagan Coffee Talk. I'm Chase Knight Smith, and I am here with Lady Keegan. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Lady Keegan (laughs) has finally gotten her second degree. So since I haven't gotten used to this, can you tell everybody your new name? Because you can't pronounce it. It is. I always um, pronounce it wrong. Keegan Sekect, named for the Celtic god of healing. Cool. Well, Lady Keegan, what is our topic today? Ego. Okay. What is ego and what is ego death? What is ego what? Death. Death. All right. I have the definition for ego. Okay, let's hear the definition for ego. Basically, the basic definition is a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. The psycho definition is the part of the mind. Excuse me, the what? The psycho? uh Uh-huh. The psychological, the psychoanalysis. Psychological. Okay, okay. Not psycho like the movie. Right. I wish, but no. Part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and the subconscious and is responsible for reality testing and a sense of personal identity. I like the second one better. Me too. Me too. Because, well, I mean, I know people sit there and go, hey, you know what? His ego's getting in his way. Yeah. That ego isn't ego. That's arrogance. I agree. That's to me, that's something else. So, yeah, if you're trying to make yourself more humble or whatever, yeah, I can understand you wanting to kill this off. But if you're wanting to kill off your actual ego, that seems almost like a death of part of your personality. Mm-hmm. Or is it even possible? I really don't think so. I mean, because I've always viewed the ego as more of that. Uh, it's our mask. It's what we actually show everybody. It's not our real selves. Are we aware that we're wearing this mask? No. No. This is what translates that kernel or the id in ourselves, that subconscious, yeah. that part that's really our core of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think it translates that to our reality. Because that id wouldn't understand this part of the reality. No. Does that make sense? Yes. I think that's, you know, that's our soul. That's that part of us that only understands that other side, that spiritual side of our nature. And I don't think it can handle this reality. And it wouldn't want to if it could. Probably not. I don't. 
if I'm making any sense there. Yeah. So sure. if you were to kill off this ego, this would leave no defenses for that id inside of you. If I'm using id correctly. Would you like me to look up the definition? Yes. Why not? Let's, let, let's make sure I'm using this correctly. I because think you are, but let's see. <laughs> <laughs> it is, this is according to Freud, it is the personality component made up of the unconscious psychic energy that works to satisfy basic urges, needs, and desires. Unconscious psychic energy. Right. So this is the part of our brain that cannot handle this reality or part of our personality, our soul, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So this is part of our, you know, psyche. Let me get geeky here for a moment. <laughs> oh, would you? Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, if we think of the uh, id as a processor. All right. A processor inside of a computer, right? Okay. Now that Processor can do tons of calculations, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But for us to access it, we need an operating system to interface analogy. with it. That's good. Right. Because the processor cannot understand us directly, and we cannot understand that processor directly. So the operating system for us is, the way I'm reading it from Freud, is our ego. It's the interface to actually who and what we are. It has to translate that to things that are understandable in this realm. That's exactly what Freud says ego is. Right. So if you destroy it, it would actually put the id at odds with the world and would probably shatter. So why the deal? Um, I've been seeing a whole lot about it and books on it, and it's like the newest fad is – Working on and wanting ego death. Well, I think what they're talking about is the ego, like the first definition you, that of arrogance. Self-esteem thing? Yeah, that self-esteem, you know, learning how to be more humble, which to me is completely different, which you got to be careful about. When we're talking about you being arrogant or egotistical or uh oh what was that word that you used not too long ago an elitist i don't remember that (laughs) (laughs) i have no you know you're talking about (laughs) those personality traits you know where you know somebody wants to be an elitist and think they can rule over everybody because they know better right Uh yeah with Real training, meditation, and all this, this can be accomplished that you start to realize you're insignificant compared to everything going on around you. So, all right. So, I mean, it really depends on what they're talking about. Well, Carl Jung says that ego death is the complete loss of self-identity. Yes. Why would you want that? Even in the witch world, why would you want that? I I have no idea. I mean, if anything, I've gotten to this stuff because of the opposite reason. Exactly. To find out who you are. To find out who I am. To be more of an individual. Yeah. To not be part of the herd. Yeah. To a certain extent, yes, we do lose 
our sense, especially when you're dealing with the covenant stuff of more traditional covens, you do lose a sense of identity, but you don't. If you think of Harry Potter and you're, well, I don't know. Oh, God, what can I say? Um, <laughs> there's so much stuff. Know. It's like I can't say that. Um, yeah, we're dancing around some stuff right. here. Right. <laughs> we are dancing around some mysteries here. It's so hard. It's hard. We, we got to be careful. Yeah. You know? For all those who sit out there and go, oh, no, you're gatekeeping, blah, blah, blah. We need to, like, read off the repercussions. <laughs> Which goes basically, you know, our oaths basically come down to the fact of if we reveal these mysteries or anything, we give up our any chance of a future life and our lives here and, you know, that all the powers and tools at our disposals will turn on us. So, yes, we get. Yeah. Yeah, we get keep. Yeah. But for those who sit there and go, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. You should tell us, blah, blah, blah. you got to imagine what in the world we would be giving up. Well, and it's not permanent. You can know these answers. Yes. But uh, what we're talking about here is, yes, you do lose a piece of yourself when you join a coven, but you also gain more of a personality at the same time. Yeah, and I don't know if we'll be able to explain it any more than that without... Right. I know this seems like a conflict for anybody probably listening. How in the world both can exist at the same time? Oh, it, it happens. It happens. It really does happen. So we don't, you don't teach ego death. No. But we do work Again, with their egos. Right. Because, I mean, we come from the understanding it is – there's a difference between – which i got to say this to, for the past I'm going to go down, so bear with me here for All a minute. Right. To us, and this is what I teach, is there's a difference between knowing something and understanding something. Mm-hmm. I know how to use a microwave. Mm-hmm. All right? The average person knows how to use a microwave. You put stuff in there, hit the buttons, know how long it takes to warm something up. Right. Now, since – my career places me in electronics. I actually understand the principle and how to use a microwave, which means I can manipulate it to my advantage. Right. So I don't have to use a microwave like everybody else. I could tear it apart and use it for other things. And you would. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> As long as I got a hairless cat and I can sit there and stroke it. (laughs) Hairless cat. (sighs) But what I teach is for you to, a way for you to understand your emotions. Yes. So once you understand your emotions, that means you can manipulate your emotions to your advantage. That also means when you're mad or you're angry or you're acting arrogant or whatever, you understand your own psychological reasons for doing that. Right, right. When I'm at a job and I'm doing something, I'm really super comfortable and really know, yeah, when I'm in front of these people, I'm very confident in what I'm talking about. I know the subject. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for the audience to sometimes sit there and go, okay, is he being knowledgeable or is he being arrogant? Well, you don't. I don't think that you speak with a tone of arrogance. Well, no, I mean, but when you start thinking about this as general out 
in the world with people, this changes. You start to realize, because once you understand your emotions, you can start understanding other people's emotions. Yeah, and you are so good at that. Yes, you are fantastic at that. Yeah, you are. You know, I mean, can you not yourself, after how many years of, you know, start to understand people's emotions and where they're coming from and Mm -hmm. okay no they're not acting arrogant or they're mad because they're really scared they're mad because they're hurt they're mad because they're sad Mm -hmm. and that you seem to be able to suddenly be able to understand other people from a different point of view but they don't understand it and to get them to understand why they're thinking or why they're doing these things is very difficult yes Everybody wants to like, ooh, suppress or control your emotion. No, you don't want to control your emotions. You want to understand them. You want to understand what they're telling about you and others. Well, we're not Vulcans. No. And trying to suppress those emotions and stuff like that is just asking for trouble. Or trying to destroy them is asking for trouble. You mean working on a computer with an operating system? Right. Do you know ones and zeros? Otherwise, right. you need the operating system. Right. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about you having to work purely for binary, which I don't know too no many people thanks. that could do that. <laughs> you know, yes, there might be some people out there in the world that can do it. But, you know, those people are probably not. <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking about maybe a one out of a billion, maybe. Right. right. I could be wrong. <laughs> right. No, but, there, there's not a lot out there. Not a lot. You know, only work in binary. <laughs> <laughs> I only work in binary. You know. I mean, I can work in binary, but I have to do all the math. And most of the people I went to school with, they had to do all the math in binary to be able to read it and know what in the world's going on. But for somebody just to sit down there and go, okay, yeah, that that's A, that's this, that's this, and no, got all this memory. You know, there <laughs> might be a few people out there that could do it. You know. And it's probably some savant or something, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's probably some uh, Rainman out there, you know, that could do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, even then, I don't remember Rain Man being that good. And do you continuously work on your ego, or is that something you think? Well, I mean, we meditate. So with the style of stuff that we, I teach, and I was taught how to meditate, was there's no way out of it. All our meditations basically wind up pushing us to keep on digging deeper into our own psyches. Oh, yeah, there's no way around it. It just bombards us. Yeah, you don't have a choice. Most of us don't. Do you still work on your ego, just your ego? Is that something that you have to do or that a person has to do continuously their entire life? Yes. They move on. I mean, it's something they do entirely. I mean, just ask the same question again. (laughs) Well, you have your ego and your id, super ego. I mean, do you go through the line and go, okay, let's deal with id now. Okay, let's deal with super ego now. Well, see, again, like I said, with our style of meditation, it's sort of like we deal with our issues as our Subconscious and conscious realizes that we are ready to deal with those issues. Right. And the majority of times, no, it's not a conscious choice. It's something our subconscious does. Our subconscious goes, okay, yeah, here, do you remember when you were, you know, four and the dog ate your hot dog and you were crying? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Let's deal with that now. <laughs> and you're yeah. sitting back going, I don't even remember that trauma. <laughs> you will in a minute. You will when I get will it. in a minute. <laughs> with the way, you know, the way we were taught and the way I teach people to meditate, that's what happens. And what, what for? Why do we do well, that? Well, if you think about it this way, okay, let's say our brains are hoarders. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And if you've ever watched the show, the hoard, the the hoarding shows, you can understand how bad this can get. Yeah. To the point to where these people cannot even get out of their homes. Getting around their homes is impossible. The whole nine yards, right? Right. So if our heads are that way, and we hold on to all this nonsense and trauma that really wasn't trauma or whatever, it will block our way from being able to access other realms and communicate with other things. Because, you know, how in the world are you going to communicate? Again, with going with the hoarding analogy, how in the world are you going to communicate with your neighbors or your loved ones if you can't get out your front door because it's blocked by a bunch of stuff? Yeah, I always liked that metaphor. It was always really good. And if you're hurt and you're damaged, how's anything going to come in and help you if they can't get through your doors or your windows? Yeah, that's a good analogy. I always like that one. You know, so you got to clear that muck. I mean, this is the reason you keep on hearing it throughout most of the religions, that you basically got to clean out your own backyard. You got to clean yourself up before you can worry about anybody else. Right. Because once you start to realize that, that process never ends, you don't have time to judge anybody else. Well, so you would think that the dealing with your ego helps you spiritually yes not just oh i'm a better person now but on a spiritual level it gets stuff out of the way to allow communications with higher planes of existence it gets the muck it removes the stuff from your doors and windows it's a two-way street yeah you can leave and you can invite things in so if you could acquire ego death and I don't think it's possible, but hypothetically speaking, if you could, uh huh, you would just have your id. Yeah. Well. And what would that look like? Yeah. Well, look at people who are catatonic. There's nothing physically wrong with them. Yeah. This yeah. is where you have people that are, have psychological problems, whose you know whole grasp on reality has just gone completely away. It's broken. Broken, shattered. The whole ego has shattered to the point to where it don't work no more. I just don't understand where this came from then. Why is this a thing? I mean, I think they're talking about the other, you know, being egotistical. Well, that's just understanding your ego and learning how to manipulate it and go ahead. Because you got to understand what your ego is doing. Your ego is there to protect you. Yeah. It is part of that fight or flight thing it's going to protect your id at all cost oh yeah that's its job i think the problem comes down to here for us is that we're using one word we're using the psychological definition of this Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah and everybody else is using it to talk about that being cocky or whatever 
they're talking about adjectives to describe the ego when we're talking about the literal ego itself. Right. All of it. All right. emotions. Everything. So, right. So it's either getting them to understand that we don't know what in the world they're talking about because they're not using definitions. <laughs> because apparently they have forgotten how to use a dictionary. <laughs> Or to look words up to see, you know, how many meanings could something have, or they are literally trying to do this. Which you know, scares me to death to even think about ego death. You know, Seems dangerous to me. It is. Leave it alone. You don't want to kill it. I mean. You don't want to kill it. <laughs> you know, you want to understand it. You want to work with it. The more you understand yourself, the more you understand that id and what in the world's going on, the more you understand what your ego's doing. And how to handle that. Because, you know, during these meditations, this gives your ego a chance to understand, oh, this ain't working. Oh, yeah. Because I'll sit there and tell people real fast, normally if you don't like somebody, the reason you don't like them is because there's something in that person that you see in yourself that you don't like. This is true sometimes. For the majority of the time, I think. Don't get me wrong. Some people are out there and they're just dicks. They're just assholes. Yes. Some are dicks with a big D and some are right. dicks, <laughs> dicks with a little D. <laughs> Either way, they're still dicks. <laughs> Either way. Either way. Either way. What was that saying? Two inches hurt at 90 miles an hour. <laughs> I've never heard that. I like that. <laughs> oh, my God. I want that on my shirt. <laughs> is meditation the only way you can deal with your ego? I, I mean, it is for us as far as I know. It is. I'm sure there's other ways, but most of them are mental things here. And when I say that, so let, let's think about this. So we're talking meditation, maybe even dreaming. I thought you was going to say drinking. I was going, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that always helps. <laughs> there's nothing so good that a little bit of guilt won't make you feel bad. There's nothing so bad that a little bit of guilt won't make you feel worse. Oh. One of my favorite scenes as well. And true. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so, you know, if you're like meditating, lucid dreaming, or even remembering your dreams. Yeah. Because where I'm looking at dreaming, dreaming seems to be where you have your id and your ego kind of communicating. Oh, I think so, too. I think so, you too. You know, it's where your ego goes, hey, here's what happened to me today. And your ego goes, I don't, what? <laughs> I don't understand you. I don't understand. <laughs> what it, what, what's coffee? <laughs> oh, and in our case, it goes, oh, yes, yummy, yummy juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. You know, uh, but you had your first cup of coffee. Uh, what the, is coffee? <laughs> Ones and zeros only. And there's that communication. That's why I think some sometimes our dreams are a little bit messed right. up because, right, 
because your ego is trying to talk to your id and your brain's trying to translate to where both sides understand. Which would be why a lot of times if you dream about, you know, anything, sex or anything like that, well, it means you really you're looking for affection or you're looking for this is because it's the way it your ego and id are going to come together and go, okay, so yeah. this is the dream because this is how you're feeling. Right. And we wake up going, what was that about? <laughs> you just need a hug. That's all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Sure, sure. Yeah. Flew off on the dragon. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I understand the sex part, but why were we having it on the back of a dragon? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> That's the part I don't understand. <laughs> I have to meditate on that. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, again, there's different ways of going about this, but the most, I think the most direct route is through meditation. Well, it worked for me. It worked for you. Yeah, there are probably other ways of doing that. But to, to get that level of meditation, we meditate daily. A lot. A lot. From the beginning. From the beginning. From the beginning. Mm -hmm. And again, we're not doing that quote Transcendental. Unquote, transcendental type meditation. No. No, no, just different. It's different, a little different. A little different. <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> you know, the meditation we do forces you to look at these two things inside yourself. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Continuously. When you go, oh, okay, in, so that in, was in, in that repeatedly. Was <laughs> it's not. You have more stuff to face. More yes. stuff. More stuff. Here, do you remember when you break that lamp when you were 12? <laughs> Let's talk, about it. Let's think about Let's it. Let's talk about it. Chew on that for a while. Chew on that. <laughs> Remember when you thought it was a big good idea to throw knives at your sister? We're going to chew on that for a while. We're going to chew on that for a minute. <laughs> yes, well, we do. Yes, we well, do. Well, you know, that's what your id says, and then your ego kind of pops up. It goes, yeah, but didn't you see how well we threw those knives? Right. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. He goes, yeah, but look, we look great doing it. My God. No, I mean, better. we could be wrong with this if we are. I, I guess let us know, but this is where I'm seeing this. It, it works for me. You know, I mean, about the death of ego. I just, I, I see if somebody's able to accomplish it, they would be some catatonic person just sitting there drooling on themselves. Well, like I said, the definition from Carl Jung is the loss, the complete and total loss of self-identity. That doesn't scream healthy to me. No. That doesn't sound some... I don't know why people would seek it. I'm confused. I am too. Especially in our circles and beliefs because we try to be more individual. Or, mm -hmm. You know... That the lack of individuality shows a lack of uh, courage. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sheep. Yes, sheep. You need yeah. to be a wolf. Where does shadow self come into play on this? Uh, shadow self is just your darker half to me. Would that be part of your ego as well? Yeah. We all have a dark side of ourselves. Because of people, sure. Because we're people. Mm -hmm. 
if you think every people go around their whole entire lives always having good thoughts, you're crazy. <laughs> Especially not in our group. <laughs> well, I mean, anybody. Like, I, I know a lot of people who have, over the years, growing up and all this, I was around people who had Down syndrome. And these can be the sweetest people in the world. Sure. Even they have dark thoughts. Well, they're people. They're people. Yeah, they're probably really sweet and nice, you know, more often than we are. But I've seen them mad and angry and say things and do things that aren't nice. Love and light. Yeah. And that's just part of the ego. Just regular old, nothing special about it. Just, no, yeah, you nothing. know, you work on there. Right. A shadow yeah. self seems to be another big. Right. You know, uh, the sure. ego, I think they're talking about that is that of people and their own self-importance. Yeah. So they're the, learning to be the grain of sand. They're just figuring this out. Uh, maybe. You know, I think that's what they're really trying to accomplish, but they're using the wrong wordage here. Going by the definitions that I've been looking up, they're they're using the wrong words. Definition. Uh-huh. You know, I don't. I don't know. I I haven't spoken to anybody about this. Do you want to? No. Do you want to speak to somebody that's had? Well, I mean, if they did, I'd probably have more questions than I do answers <laughs> to start off with. So, I'm about to run out of coffee. Me too. All right, then. Well, I guess we'll see everybody. Okay. Go misbehave. (laughs) Run amok. In love and light. Thank you for listening to Pagan Coffee Talk. I hope you join us next week. We travel down this trodden path, a maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing pyres. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks.